the all-new, commercial-free Crusade Channel success has made it difficult to describe the surviving talk radio mafia. So we asked you, our local audience, for some ideas. There's a word for what you are, and that word is, uh... uh now, let's see, uh... Dork? No, wait, that's not right. Not a dork, um... A goofball? Closer, but no, no, no. A ding-a-ling! Wingnut! A knucklehead mixpersitron! Okay, that's enough! Wow, you guys are so good, you don't even have to act Oh. Crusadery. I want to party with you, cowboy. The world's coolest talk radio listeners hang out at the world's only 24-7 commercial-free talk radio channel. Crusade. For the last time, I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look, the plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brondo's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Okay, look, you, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brando's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make Brando. Yeah, but why do they use them to make Brando? Because Brando's got electrolytes. Remember that back in June, we revealed to you that there actually is a place called Machine Gun Marica. I remarked at the time, having seen it in Orlando, that you do realize that Machine Gun Marica is right down the street from Disney World. 
Oh, and Machine Gun America is not that far from Parkland, Florida, either. We'll talk about it. Greetings to you. It's Mike Churchill here on the Crusade Channel featuring King Size Truth for Radio Size Speakers. Ask the question today. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Well, I'll tell you. Oh, and remember, Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Do that. Friday already. I've only put in 84 hours this week. It can't be Friday. It's more like Wednesday's death toll. <laughs> the uh, telephone number, if you'd like to call the program today and choose a topic of your own. Which you are free to do. Call 844-527-8723. 844-5-CRUSADE. Email me directly. My email address, same as it ever was, KingDude. K-I-N-G-D-U-D-E at MikeChurch.com. Official website for all things moi is online at MikeChurch.com. You'll find today's pile of prep freshly minted. There is a brand new Veritas at Sapientia up there. From Professor Anthony Solon, now uh, Thomas Moore Collage in New Hampshire. Uh, there's also a couple of brand new Founding Fathers Red Pill Diary clips all up there for your audio stimulation here on a Friday. Uh, today's going to be a great day. Uh, Mr. David Simpson has asked if he can come in and do a free phone Friday free money show. <laughs> I hear the cackling from the other room. What? Milka, what? <laughs> no, no, seriously. He, he, he wants to. Uh, he said, he said, you're going to be here tomorrow. I said, yeah, we'll stay. So, uh, <clears throat> My weekend won't get kicked off to 5.05 tonight, but that is okay. I don't mind. Which reminds me. <clears throat> I need to make note of this to mention this more often than I have. Because um, you people don't see the listening statistics. I do. <clears throat> and it doesn't seem to matter what comes on after me. <laughs> When I'm done, you that are listening right now, you go. The only success we've had in 2.5 years in maintaining any of you listening or bringing any of you back for the remainder of the day is to cover a political convention or the State of the Union or something like that. Uh, occasionally there'll be a little spike because, uh, Wednesday evening philosophy of Padanis, but <clears throat> going and, and making the new, the newscast live at noon for an entire hour, 
maybe we're just not promoting enough, but all this great radio is out there. Maybe people just don't listen to the radio anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I do know that some fantastically talented people are producing some fantastic radio, including Mitter's Youngblood, Mitter Barrett, and Mitter Simpson, every day until 5 p.m. here on this channel. And they are worthy of an audience. So I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I know you got to listen to Rush and hear what Rush has to say for the 36th year in a row. I understand you got to get your libertarian point of view from Will Cow and then uh, mow them down and stack them up from Levin and all the rest of them, and then check in with Fox News and be regaled of how great the NRA is and how star spangled awesome everybody and everything is. Which, by the way, I have to tell you, and I, I don't make any friends doing this. Um, I watched, because they showed it on Fox News yesterday. I guess they were uh, desperate and devoid. Yes, Mrs. Linscombe, I know that you listen and, and the poll listens all day long. Look, I, the, <laughs> the numbers are so pusillanimous, I can actually count you guys. I, I can actually look and I can look on the listener map and go like, okay, there's Linscombe, there's the poll, uh, there's Silverman, there's Joss Will, because I have a listener map at, at, at according to your IP address that shows me where people are listening. So I, I look, I know you guys are. I told Mitter Simpson yesterday. Here it's Free Phone Friday. This is my topic. Okay, Elrod, sit down and shut up and listen. Pay attention. Maybe you'll learn something. I told Mitter Simpson yesterday. I said. The only possible explanation, <laughs> I'm not stalking anybody. That's not stalkerish. It doesn't give me that precise of a, of, of a, of a location. Although I'm sure if I asked Mr. Bond, junk, Bond, I can see Bond listening and, and uh, Nalowick listening all day. I, look, I know who the 4850 are. I, I know who you are. I know where you are. I know where you live. I know where your kids go to school. <laughs> I'm kidding. <clears throat> I told Mitter Simpson yesterday when the True Money show was finished, and we were talking out in a lobby, and he was telling me what he's reading for Lent and what he's thinking. <laughs> and he asked me, so, so how's, the, uh, you know, how's the crusade going? I said, well, you know, ups and downs, strikes and gutters, you know. And I said, David, I said, it truly is. <laughs> I wish more people were here to maybe we ought to have maybe we ought to have a re reality show about the reality that is the world's only 24 hour a day, seven day a week, all original programmed talk radio station. There is no other in the world. I checked. It's us and us alone. Now, maybe that's just the most foolhardy, idiotic Dumbass radio station broadcasting business plan idea in the history of the world. But I told him, I said, it really is. It, it has to be. And I got to get on my knees every night and thank God for this. The only possible explanation for the survival of this entity we call the Veritas Radio Network and the Crusade Channel is those people. That continue just won't you you won't let it sink. I sent an email out last night. I said I was going to send it Wednesday. I didn't. Uh, I just ran out of time. But I sent it out last night, and many people respond. I see activity in the store. It's just it, it's amazing. Uh, I, and I was thinking like, okay, 
So maybe the uh, Crusade Channel was a bad uh, business decision. That doesn't mean it was a bad vocation decision. Uh, Maybe it is like, though, the story of Gideon in the Bible, in the Old Testament. I think it was Gideon. When Gideon goes uh, to stare down this army of Philistines or whatever it was, maybe it was the Anamites, and he goes, he's praying, and he says, God, there's like 100,000 of them, and I have 300 or whatever. I can't go take those guys. I need an army. And so he prays. He goes, can I have 50,000 or whatever, however the dialogue goes. And guy goes, nope. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, I can do it 25. Guy goes, nope. All right, all right. I can do it with 10,000, maybe. We have the right strategy, right bottle plan. Guy goes, nope. How about no, as Dr. Evil would say. And then Gideon goes, a thousand? Nope. Lord, what then? <clears throat> 300 or 500 or whatever the number was. And Gideon says, 500? Why 500? And then God tells Gideon, because when you win, I wanted the world to know it was me. So thanks to all of the, to you, you know who you are if you're in that number. <clears throat> You show up every day, bells on, smiles, whistling, happy, joyful. Uh, you know, Brother Andre and Marie just did a show on uh, Reconquest that I hope you got a chance to listen to. His theme was, uh, my friend Jesus or my best friend Jesus or something to that effect. And his exploration was quite interesting. He, he talked about it a little bit on uh, the apologetics lecture on uh, discussion on Wednesday night. And he talked about how, you know, Brother Francis used to say that anyone that is in a, a state of grace automatically, you know, if they're not stylot. By the way, I found out, uh, David, if you're listening, where style, uh, stylot, he was in Egypt is where he built the pillar and sat atop the pillar for however many years, and people came and go, what's Stylot doing up there? If he's not uh, isolated himself, <clears throat> that this um, being in a state of grace will inure friends to you. Because there's true joy in being in a state of grace. Now, you don't create it. It's created by the Almighty. He, he puts it in to you. And Brother talked about that. Uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to that episode because I uh, <clears throat> was busy doing some other things Wednesday night. But I caught that part of it. It was very, very interesting. Very provocative, if you will. Thank you. 844-527-8723 is our telephone number if you'd like to call the program. Now, <clears throat> having said that, 
Just wanted to thank uh, all of you that are regulars in the chat room that listen every day for your donations, contributions, your prayers, and all that, because it is truly amazing. It really, it really is the little station that could uh, just continues to hum along. So if you got my email, I implore you, if you're a basic founding brother, a basic founders pass with a monthly or yearly, to upgrade a founding brother, I, I got notes last night. Middle Church, I got your email, and I, I did it. Here's my receipt. Thank you, thank you, thank you, all of you. Uh, it, it is a phenomenal group that's getting things done for souls here, I believe. And that means that we should all be humble and thank patron saints, the Holy Ghost, our Lord, Holy Trinity, et cetera, et cetera, because there's things at work here that cannot be explained financially. <laughs> they just can't. Anyways, that's my little meditation and my little thank you to all of you. Thank you. We're all, that's it. The poll says, is Jesus really our friend? That's that's the name of uh, Brothers episode. Um so I thought I'd start off uh, on a free phone Friday with that because I can. Uh, folks, we are working furiously and have some new blood in here that's working furiously to provide new uh, audio features. There are two episodes of The Piercing Tr Truth that are at Mitter Mosier's production facility that are ready to be uh, tidied up and made for on-demand consumption. Hopefully, maybe even tonight. There's Deliverance from Evil Tapes. Uh, uh, the subject matter is War Trace, a haunted house in War Trace, Tennessee. It's going to blow you people away, part one. Uh, it's done. It just has to be uh, belled and whistled and put the scary sound effects on all. On it. So there's great stuff coming. We also have been producing new commercials and brand new uh, promos, which you should be hearing in rotation and are, are cleaning the house up. So my thought is, and I'd like for your, for all of your input on, on this, is one of the things that we do have control over here on the Crusade Channel as we practice our craft is just making this thing the best-run, best-sounding radio station on Earth that provides this kind of content. And so that's our first goal. So uh, thank you for all your uh, your comments and your suggestions and uh, if you have any more, send them to me, kingdude at mikechurch.com. Now, yesterday I talked about the Reverend Billy Graham, and I got one piece of hate mail. Well, no, I got two pieces, you. You and your silly Catholic dogma. Now, I said when I, when I started it out, and I wrote about this last night on the, the audio version of this, I didn't want to do this. I did not want to do that show. I had no desire to do it. Holy Ghost forced my hand, I think, or my guardian angel, patron saint, or my pride, whatever the case may be. I didn't want to do it. <clears throat> I was aided and abetted and assisted by some of you, though. So somebody last night sent me this. Mike, I haven't read a lot about uh, about this, but there's a little bit more to the, to the Graham story than Father Longenecker may have led you on. So this is from a blog called, I do not know the author, called the theburningplatform.com. But he's a pretty good writer, so I went ahead and printed it out. Uh, Stucky Q-O-T-D. Billy Graham, faithful friend or fraudulent foe. Have you ever heard one negative thing about Billy Graham? Henceforth, BG. 
in the past day and a half. I highly doubt it. Everyone from libtards to conservatives. I think this guy must be a listener. He said libtard. Everything from everyone, everyone from libtards to conservatives, Jews. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. We welcome Matt Walsh into the arena of those who are now writing about banning pornography. Welcome aboard, Matt. Everyone from libtards to conservatives, Jews to Catholics, and even squirrels and blue jays are singing the praises of St. Graham, Marica's pastor. Trump tweeted, the great Billy Graham is dead. There was nobody like him. He will be missed by Christians in all religions. A very special man. Close quote. Even our Muslim ex-president got in on the act. Obama. Billy Graham was a humble servant who prayed for so many and who, with his wisdom and grace, gave hope and guidance to generations of Americans. Take this to the bank. Usually when there is unanimous agreement about some person, your BS detector ought to be sounding the alarm. Me. So there's two questions. Question one, have you ever listened in full or in part to a BG sermon? If so, what were your impressions? Question two, did BG do more harm than good? Back to the author. Me. Question one, I have listened in full to many BG sermons. Not sure why, though, if you listen to one, you heard them all. He was a one-trick pony hammering home the exact same message time after time for decades. Believe in Jesus. Repent or you'll go to hell. He was not a theologian, not an intellectual, not even a lightweight scholar. He would never learn about the historical or cultural world in which Jesus lived, never understand original meanings and words. Uh, did he even read Hebrew or Greek? Never get full context of passages and so on. You only get one Americanized Jesus. This is how he wrote it. I'm just honoring the intent of the authorship. BG sermons are like McDonald's, uh, like a McDonald's hamburger. Lots of calories, but no nutrition. Why? When BG was a teenager, he took a number of jobs, a summer job as a salesman for the Fuller Brush Company. And as it turns out, he was the most successful salesman in two states. Okay, so your question two. Had BG has done far more harm than good. Did he do harm and good? And then the author of this burning platform a blog. I'm not talking about his bringing many people to accept JC as their personal Lord and Savior. I'm talking about what he did not do, holding kings and queens responsible for their sinful, despicable ways. Instead, he sucked up to them. He neglected his chief role as a prophet, specified in God by God in Jeremiah 11. Uh, and then he, he quotes uh, Jeremiah, God's man of the hour, a prophet, was tasked with much more than just foretelling the future. His primary role was to pull down, throw down, destroy, and only then, when the old structures have been annihilated, this building and planting commence. In other words, go kick some, you know what? Reading the OT prophets, read the OT prophets, and you will see that in the presence of the king, often in his chambers, the prophet would rebuke, criticize, and condemn the evil the king allowed. <clears throat> When Mitt Romney was running for the GOP presidential nomination, the BG Foundation decided to run full-page ads in national newspapers like the Washington Compost and the USA Today to endorse Romney, follower of the Mormon cult. Now, folks, you know full and well 
I voted independent. I'm not breaking any news if you've been listening for a while. I did not vote for McCain Palin, and I did not vote for Romney Ryan. There's no way I was going in that booth and pulling that lever for either one of those tandems. Clowns. Anti-intellectual, warmongering louts. No way. So in the first instance, I believe I had an option in Bob Barr. The second time, maybe it was Chuck Baldwin, but no, <clears throat> there was no way. By the by, you know that the Decepticons are out there trying, they're, they're, they're out there grooming Romney to run again in 2020? Yeah, because it went so well the first time around. Let's give it the other, let's give it another good old college try. <clears throat> So he ran full-page ads for Romney. Apparently, BG believes Mormonism, which believes the Trinity is composed of three separate gods, is actually Christian. I'm, and here's what uh, the ad said, quote, I believe it's vitally important that we cast our ballots for candidates who base their decisions on biblical principles and support the nation of Israel, close quote. I, now, this is one of the other things. And Brother Andre did a magnificent two-part series on the Schofield Bible and this horribly misguided lethal notion that the country, the geographic area, and the recognized by the U.N. state that is what we call Israel today is the Israel referred to in the OT and by our Lord. It isn't. As such, I agree with theologian Reinhold Neighbor, who said Graham, quote, neglected the social dimensions of the gospel, close quote. I agree with George Will, who labeled BG as America's most embarrassing export, close quote. I agree with Bob Jones, who once called BG the leading threat to Christianity. Side note. BG net worth is estimated to be $25 million. That, that's not as much as Joel Osteen, who is $40 million rich, or America's richest religious huckster, Kenneth Copeland, a whopping $760 million. By the way, Crusade Channel needs about seventy-six grand to make it to the end of the year. One one-tenth of one percent of what? <laughs> that's not a plea. That's just a fact. Uh, and BG had his own justification. Money represents your time, your energy, your talents, your total personality converted into currency. Yay for BG, writes the burning platform blogger. But I just can't reconcile BG's comment with that of the Savior he supposedly represents, where our Lord himself said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. A rich pastor peddling his homeless savior. What's wrong with this picture? And then he wishes something on BG that I will not wish because I don't wish that. Anyway, I, I just thought it was interesting that, and there, there was another piece that was written about this. And I tell you what's going on with, 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 with this. I just want to spend a minute on this, and, I, and we're going to get into the tranny mammies and the other stuff, then the machine gun mark and all that. Uh, <clears throat> this is troubling, and it ought to trouble you.
Can you find Genesis, uh, uh, Minnis O'Connor, can you put Genesis Land of Confusion in my, in your Amazon playlist so that I can use it? We, we're living in a, a one, one thing has been revealed to me in the last two weeks. We live in an awful land of confusion. Now, what happened last time? There was, that man lived in an awful land of confusion. Well, this is when man decided that he didn't need God anymore and he was going to build this ginormous tower to get to the heavens. And when he got when they got and when they got to the heaven, they're gonna go knock on the door and go, Hey, hey Lama, hey God, we're here. We don't need you anymore. We got a tower to get up here now. Salvation is assured. Heaven's assured. What was the result? What, 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 what does the OT, the Old Testament, tell us that God did? At, at that time, it is implied that the world spoke one language, that all men spoke one language. Now, these would have been the descendants of Noah and his sons, Japheth. It would have been jo Noah, Japheth, he was the principal breeder, uh, is it Clem or Chem? They're the ones that repopulated the planet. So it's implied in that OT story that God saw what they were doing and went like, you idiots, I just wiped you out with water. Now I'm going to wipe you out with a confusion. And then he cursed them, and that's how the languages and the dialects of the world were born. Interesting, isn't it, that our differences in language actually come out of the fall from grace, the fall of Adam and Eve. And that, okay, so the tower crumbled because the workers couldn't communicate and ultimately toppled, and the people scattered in fear because they couldn't communicate one, with one another. No one, people didn't understand. Dude, you're not speaking English. And the people thought that they were speaking correct tongue, but they weren't. In other words, God sowed confusion. Right now, folks, we live in what has to be considered the most horrid, confused time since our Lord visited us 2,000 years ago. And tried to bring some unity back. But they even told him to go pound sand. You didn't come to get kick the Romans out? Get out of here. <clears throat> so we live in a land of confusion. And what is this confusion breeding? This confusion is breeding despair and discontent. And all manner of disagreement. We now have inside, I'm just going to speak obliquely, just for a moment. Mark in uh, Oregon, hang on, brother, I'm coming to you uh, j just a second here. Let's speak ob just abstractly about this for just a moment. We ha now have internecine wars. I'm only using the Catholic Church as an example. There are many others, and many of you could offer different examples. Well, we now live in a time uh, that even inside what is supposed to be the unified, uni universal church, and it is. 
but the men inside of it are confused. What Father Dwight Longenecker did on his blog, I thought about this. Mike, were you wrong and 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 not humble in and in, in talking about Father Longenecker and, and and saying the things you did? <clears throat> I examined to try to do a little examination of conscience. I, and I now maybe I'm maybe I'm incorrect, but I didn't come away thinking that yeah I need to go on and, and apologize for that. There's confusion where there doesn't need to be confusion, and if you don't feel confused these days, when we're getting mixed signals, and I'm not talking about implied mixed signals, direct mixed signal now. No, you don't have to do that. Well, no, that's not dogma anymore. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> dogma doesn't... How it becomes dogma is because it doesn't have an expiration date, right? It doesn't expire ever. If it was true, when St. Augustine practiced it, it's, it's got to be true today. I mean, I mean, you're contravening the very basis of the faith. You can't do that. Father, bishop, laity... At the end of the day, folks, it's not heresy. It's not apostasy. It's not blasphemy. I mean, it may be, but at the end of the day, it's confusion. This is what we're getting. Confusion. Just like the people in the Holy Land got at the Tower of Babel. And if it's confused inside the one true holy church, imagine the confusion of those who reject that singular universal authority. To what source would you apply or appeal or turn to to allay your confusion? To, to, to be unconfused, to be in a no. I mean, this is really, really, think about it in those terms. It is completely understandable now why so many five-year-olds who are boys think that they're girls or are being told that they're girls and go, oh, okay, that's the world in which I live. Yeah, I'm a girl, okay. This is confusion. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not a prophet, and I can't make pronouncements like this, just one man's thought on this, which means that the correction has already begun, that, that the chastisement has begun. That if even the faithful are confused, then indeed we live in uncharted waters, not chartered since Babylon, and maybe not char chartered since 2,000 years ago. Gird your loins. Human beings are capable, therefore, of anything, including killing you and killing me, including hanging us up to upside down and visiting all manner of torture upon us, including actually conspiring, people that you think are your friends, actually conspiring for your death, your destruction, or your imminent demise. Do not put anything past people because of the confusion. Dangerous, dangerous times in which we live, folks. Seriously. And it kind of brings the, uh, the whole um, discussion in the beginning of the program about 
why this place is being held together. And there's just a little bit of focus for me. Now, look. Look at this video on Fox News. Watch this. Watch this. As I'm talking about this, <laughs> you have to see this. As I'm talking about this. There's a bar brawl. All right, 14 minutes before the top of the hour, some quick headlines. Look at this video. Uh, shocking bar brawl caught on camera. Nearly two dozen people hurling their fists, glasses, stools, anything they could throw, as well as get their hands on. It's unclear what sparked the rage inside the Irish pub, the English pub that left one man hospitalized. This is... I'm talking about confusion. Do you not see confusion in that video? Nuts. <clears throat> to the phones, uh, 844-527-872-TREY. Uh, this is Mark in Oregon. Hello, Mark. You're first up here today on Free Phone Friday on the Mike Church Show here on the Crusade Channel featuring King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers. How you doing? I must confess, being a former Marine, I did throw my share of fisticuffs and beers in bar fights, so I am guilty. <laughs> but I'm free from Friday, Mike. I, I, I wanted to suggest that we come up with a Veritas business card that truck drivers like myself crossing this great country of ours from coast to coast, uh -huh. that we can leave these business cards in rest areas and eateries and establishments like that where they allow us to do that with permission so that other drivers like myself out there who are schedule-oriented seven days a week, 24 hours a day, to listen to your program. Because you have a Rolex-quality product. It will sell itself. All we got to do is just spread the news of where and how that they can get this. And each day, they can tune in 24 hours a day, and they can get filled with the spirit of the Holy Ghost. They can get filled with the truth, unfiltered through, through uh, 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 was that king-sized truth, through radio-sized speakers. We just need to, to, to spread that brand and, and the good news through that little business card. I don't want to infringe on, on any copyrights or patents or anything like no. that, but I, I would like to have a business card well, with as much information on it as, 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 as we can put on it to, to spread the good news. Uh, well, we will do that. Uh, we already have one that we sell, that we give away in the Founders Trading Post, or we used to. It was Crusader at Large business cards. Uh, and it okay. used to, and it had a barcode on the back that if you scanned a barcode, it would download the app. But uh, the barcode is not working, so I need to get those reprinted. So if I made the business card and just put it up as a PDF file, then you guys would go and have your own printed out. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Done. It'd be a, a continuous supply of uh, of a physical card that we could we could just hand out and you watch the numbers jump because everything that America buys is transported on a truck. We go all across this country and I think that's the quickest way to spread the good news because I want everybody else to get what I get out of the Veritas Radio Network, which is the truth, whether it's talk about religion or if it's talk about current events or if it's talk about, you know, Paul politicians' positions. I want to be able to hear it. I want to verify it. I want to fact check it and go, wow, that guy is absolutely correct. He is right on the money. 
He is. That's what you get here at the Veritas Radio Network, and we need to get listeners across this country tuned in to hearing the truth so they can start asking the questions that need to be asked to get America back on track. You're hired. Mr. O'Connell, mark, mark this as a video <laughs> promo. Mark it as an audio promo. Mark it as the promo of the year. Tell you what. No, no. Look, we already have the, uh, as a matter of fact, I believe that the Crusader at Large PDF file is on the cavernous Veritas Radio Network site somewhere. But I'm going to put you on hold. You give Mrs. O'Connell your email address and some info. Okay. And I will see to it that you get that card by COB Day. Close a business okay. day. Got it? Fantastic. <laughs> and thank you. you. Made my day. Now, wait a minute. Now, You're welcome. You said Rolex quality program. Right. Rolex right. Well, quality. Well, wow. Yeah. I like it. I have always wanted a Rolex, but unfortunately, only these these uh, these pastors that go out there and, and sell their religion can afford a Rolex. <laughs> I can't. But... One of the things, well, I, I guess an example I want to make is, do you remember back when our politicians was were, was selling us on ethanol and, and why we had to do it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, well, here's the truth that they didn't tell you. For every one gallon of ethanol that is produced, four gallons of diesel was burned to produce it. Now, I don't know what's envir environmentally green about that, but when you're burning four gallons of diesel to produce one gallon of ethanol, and that's going to make our in our uh, consumption on foreign oil go down. Sure, and sure our, it is. And our environment greener? No, it, 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 it's not. It's not. But that's what they sold us as a reason why we had to go to ethanol fuels. And it's just a government boondoggle. Well, of course it is. Corn producers. Well, you know, in, in the movie Poverty, Inc., we learn that the NGOs and the uh, big agribusinesses conspire with the uh, political class and the ruling our, our, our global media and political and think tank ruling elite masters to concoct these plans whereby, for example, Haitian rice is taxed, tariffed, if it comes into the U.S., and now, why why is that done? Well, so the NGOs can buy Moroccan rice wholesale, use tax free dollars to buy it because you know they're acting all charitable and stuff, and then right. take the rice to Haiti and give it away. Now, what does that do to the farmer in Haiti that is making that that grows his own rice? It destroys his business. He doesn't have a business. Sure, he can't make a profit to stay alive. So this is what has happened with maize, with corn stocks. And, and look, we see this. We're force-fed. So somebody needs to make a study, or, or Mr. Junk Bond, if you're out there listening, Bond, Junk Bond, Greg Carpenter, host of Reverse Deception Radio. Uh, Greg, this would be a great topic for you to explore. I believe that you could track the rise of Moroccan obesity to the implementation of high-fructose corn syrup which is the byproduct of all the corn that is now subsidized and has to be grown to make the ethanol. So you take what's left over from the ethanol and you turn it into high fructose corn syrup. It's in Coca-Cola. It's in Pepsi. It's in root beer. It's in almost every drink you consume, except for the ones that are labeled 
100% real cane sugar. Like here in southeast Louisiana, we have a local brewery that makes some of the best micro beer out there, Abita. And they also make one of the best root beers because it's grown locally with local artesian water. They only use 100% purchased in Louisiana sugar cane uh, sugar to sweeten that root beer. And it's the most delightful. You, you know, it is so sweet. If you have a little cavity anywhere in your mouth, if you want to find out, buy, <laughs> buy, buy a bottle of a beet of root beer and swish it around. And brother, you will find cavities because cavities don't like sugar. Cavity comes in contact with a sugar. It's like uh, you might as well just be, pour some lighter fluid in your mouth and set it on fire. Uh, trust me, I have a couple of cavities, and I've got a, um, a, a year beyond my last dental visit that I need to get to. Uh, but they make it with real sugar. Now, it's more expensive, but it tastes, oh, gosh, it's so good. Uh, you know, Some things in life are just worth the price you have to pay, and uh, pure cane sugar and and maple syrup that comes out of Vermont, or Wisconsin is is also worth the price. It it is definitely worth the calories that uh, you have to endure Mark, to the, uh, enjoy the, that. At, in the church pantry, there's a bottle of five year old Aunt Jemima, and there's a bottle of two week old Vermont maple syrup. We only use maple syrups now. <laughs> so oh, it's delicious. Oh, it is. It is it's so good. In fact, that my daughter had a friend come in from Vermont from Mardi Gras. And as a surprise, she bought me a keg of authentic Vermont maple syrup, made authentically by socialists and atheists. Thank you very much. I really, it's, it's good. All right, Mike, Dave. Thank you very much. I Mark, I'm going to put you on hold. Hang on. Don't hang yes, up. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. you already have it? Mrs. O'Connell tells me she already has a, a, your email address, and I'm just a fodder for whatever. All right. Mark, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. You're welcome, my friend. God bless. All right. God bless you. By the, uh, by, the by, Mrs. O'Connell was supposed to remind me to, to make the ringtone for the Catholic air raid siren. Yes, I'm blaming you. 100%. This is your fault. It is all on you. Nothing could be the host's fault. Remember? Remember? <laughs> so here's what I'm going <laughs> to Here's what I'm going to do. Now, you need to tell me. What audio format you want the air raid warning siren in? If you want it in an MP3, it'll be up in the next 20 minutes. Young, young Coleman in the other room there can find that soundbite and can convert it to any other format that is needed. I believe that iPhones need a M, uh, M, 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 V, uh, uh, M4R, I think, or MR4. Uh, there's different formats. Um, uh, now, if it's just a plain old MP3, no problem. We got this covered. We got this. That's easy. So if you want the Catholic air raid warning siren for a ringtone on your phone, <laughs> so that when people call, they go, hey, hey, Lama. It needs to be an impact dash four. Uh, well, we can make it into an impact dash four. I can get you an impact dash four by three o'clock this afternoon, dude. I don't even have to have a reason. So uh, we'll work on it. The business card idea is a great idea. Uh, do you, you guys want them generic? Do you want us to put the file up there? 
because it's already done. I don't have to do anything other than just load it up on a web on, on a web web page. You want me to leave a blank in there so you can put your name or is Crusader at large? Is that cool? Free phone Friday telephone number 844-527-8723. Uh, I, there's a couple of things that I, that I want to mix into today's program. On the subject of confusion, and the land of confusion that we live in. By the by, did you, uh, did you find Genesis? Oh, I'm not logged into it. I, I'm not logged into it. I'll have to log into it during, during the uh, the timeout. Stella uh, Moribito had this yesterday at thefederalist.com. I had it and I didn't get into it. <clears throat> 13 ways public schools incubate mental instability in kids. Folks, this is mass-produced Marocanism for children. The schools are factories. Actually, they're more like prisons. Now, when you go to a prison, how do you get out? If it's not a monopoly board. Can't roll doubles and get out, Joss. How do you get out of prison, Pole? Well, you um, you ultimately submit to the uh, authority and you become... I think I write about this in today's pile of prep. When the cult of death prevails upon you, then you can obtain your release. So part of the cult of death is the standardized test. Yes, the standardized test teaches nothing other than obedience to the cult. Uh, it doesn't teach the kids anything. It teaches them to memorize. That's what it teaches them. There's very little that's applicable, certainly, in vocations and in real life where our singular goal ought to always be a holy death and a blessed eternity. There's very little, if anything, is taught in a school anymore that qualifies there. So most of it is detrimental then to salvation. That's why so many of you have chosen instinctively homeschooling. You got it. You get it. So, again, how do you get out of the prison camp that is today's public school? You submit to the cult of death. When the cult of death prevails upon you, then you've obtained your release. You know, we celebrate these things. I know I celebrated one three years ago when my daughters graduated from uh, high school. We're really celebrating their release from a prison. It's not a graduation. It's a release. Oh, you mean you're going to let them out? Oh, God. We ought to play Tony Orlando and Dawn. <laughs> when, when the kids get out of school, shouldn't be playing, uh, what's the song, Mrs. O'Connell? Your son was in the back. Alma mater. should be playing this is a high school graduation song released from the death cult of death prison camp i'm coming home i've done my time <laughs> now i've got to know 
Celebration! You still want me What about us put the blame on me now of course my version of this song is much better bus driver please look for me I don't know who this Tony Orlando dude is but because I couldn't bear to see what I might see a good chance to play the uh Rookie Orlando, sit down and take notes. They sent me home, I served my time. My swift boat ran over a Vietnam mine. I displayed my medals at www.johncarry. So you'd see I'm a war hero and you should elect me. You should elect me. Round my wounded knee for those four long months in the DMZ. (laughs) If I didn't have this purple ribbon round my wounded knee, shrapnel in my butt wouldn't be a fuss. Blame those damn Swifties. I tied a purple ribbon round my wounded knee. We need to get the band back together. By the way, that song. They say I lie and I leave. It's available in the anthology collection. My church show band. Founders Trade and Post at MikeChurch.com forward slash shop. We campaign for president. Our platform is so divine. But if this crowd don't buy it at the next, I'll change my mind. Flip flop and change my mind. I got these purple ribbons for my wounded knee. Hey, you see, Mrs. O'Connell can't tell me to shut up and not sing on this one because I am singing. If I didn't have this purple... Oh, whatever. You guys need to bail me out. Bashing me from the other room. The point is... Where the cult of death must prevail upon the inmates to obtain release. If you looked up Marican public school, that ought to be the definition. Where the cult of death must prevail upon the inmates to obtain release. <laughs> Stella Moribito. Back in, uh, well, she had 13 uh, ways public schools incubate mental instability in kids. Why doesn't anyone investigate the toxic effects of today's bureaucrat-run mega schools in the wake of a school shooting? It's high time we place some of the blame there. We talked about this last week, Stella. Glad to have you in the fight, ma'am. Now, I'm going to come back to this because I have a couple of headlines that I want to squeeze in uh, before we go to the first timeout. This is from LifeSightNews.com. 70-year-old man 
to be fir- to be uh, first to be arrested under Ontario's new ban on pro-life speech. A lifelong pro-life advocate has become the first person arrested under Ontario's new bubble zone law <laughs> that outlaws pro-life speech outside abortion centers. If you don't think the cult of death and the demons are ascendant and they've come for the kids, I don't know what will convince you anymore. I really don't. Cyril Winter, 70 years old, was arrested February 7th, and then again two days later in front of the Morgenthaler Abortion Center in Ottawa. He was charged respectively with five and three offenses under Bill 163, or Safe Access to Abortion Services Act. In other words, in all of North America now, the murder of the soon-to-be-born must be protected at all costs. Folks, uh, seriously, man, I just, uh, I, I, it, I, I just, I, I got to weep from my kids, my daughters. They live in a world where premature death is desired. And a certain sentence in hell is the desire of the ruling elite. All of our, we're all simmering in this. I'm going to come back to the story. Uh, what is sad? You're going to lock up a 70-year-old guy, a man. Who, by the way, is there anything, would there be a better exemplar of someone or of a pro-lifer than a 70-year-old? You might go like, "Why well, he's had his chance. He did this. Isn't that the point? He did have his chance. But he's still taking his chance because he knows after living a life that it's precious. Oh, my precious. <laughs> now, this is the headline of the day. Mitter David Simpson. <laughs> Demanded before he left yesterday, he handed me this note, you have to do this topic, which was given to him by Mitter Rick Barrett of the Barrett Brief every afternoon from 2 to 3 Eastern. Show that he just gets better and better every single day, by the way. Rick is doing a great job. Growing as a broadcaster, he had leaps and bounds. Now, you'll remember back in uh, June of last year, we went to the Pro-Life Women's Conference in Orlando, Florida, and I came on, <laughs> and I did a bit on this show, and some people actually resigned their memberships. They got so upset. <clears throat> we were staying at a hotel that right across the street was this god-awful place called Machine Gun America. I called it Machine Gun America. This was... Machine gun fun for the whole family. And I said at the time, does no one, we completely brain dead. Does no one make the, the, the connection between the obsession with guns? Look, folks, this is beyond self-defense. These things are like crucifixes to some people. They're freaking, oh, I've got one from, I've got one from, from 1907 here. I gave it in a climate controlled box. It's like a holy relic. Do you pray to it? Yeah, of course I do.
Can there be a balance between firearm ownership? Maybe even the, the husbandry that goes along with it. You know, it's 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 use in, in obtaining our food supply, occasional self-defense, even less occasion of actual war. Yes. You know, guns can be guns are used in the Olympics, right? In the biathlon. You ski a little while and you stop with your gun. Uh, I think it's a CO2 cartridge that they're shooting. But you stop with your gun and, uh, you know, you got to pop a couple of rounds into this six-inch hole, 50 feet away, however far away it is. I, I have no issue with the, uh, with the gun. It, what ought to, though, be frightening to all of us is the obsession and the elevation of the gun as a sacrament. It is a sacramental. And to characterize it as anything else, I don't think it's fair, nor do I think it's correct. So, here's the headline, then. It goes right alongside a machine gun marica. Are you ready? Bulletproof backpacks for children reflect a new reality in marica. Bulletproof backpacks. Folks. We are at the gates of hell. (laughs) There is no longer any place to retreat to. In the wake of the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland, Florida, blah, 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 blah. Parents are taking additional measures, measures to keep their children safe. One of these safety measures which reflect a new reality in America, are bulletproof backpacks created for children which can hold school supplies as well as stop a bullet. So let me see if I understand this. And these backpacks go all the way down to like kindergarten size, three, three-year-olds, dude, not just eight-year-olds, three-year-olds. Let me see if I understand this. So you're telling me that you're not going to deal with the actual problem and the ultimate cause of this violence, this mayhem, and this murder, and this evil. Instead, let's send little Junior, little Johnny, and little Susie. Oh, I'm sorry. Little uh, it and other it. Not a lot of, you know, distinguished between genders anymore. Let's send them off in commando gear. So let's militarize the children. Oh, but you can tell them it's a Captain America shield backpack. This is madness. According to Sarah Pampilonia, a mom and a fifth grade teacher who spoke to The Cut magazine, she considered buying one for her four-year-old after seeing an ad on Facebook for bulletproof backpacks. I imagine that I would use a superhero like Captain America, who, who he loves to explain it to him, she said. But Pampalonia is not alone. Real Housewives of Atlanta. Boy, what a peach this couple is. I say that in all great satire and shame. Real Housewives of Atlanta star and mom, Kim Zolchiak Beerman, posted a photo of the bulletproof backpack she purchased for her children to Instagram Wednesday night. 
following the school shooting. The reality star wrote, quote, I just asked Croy what we can do as parents to protect our children every day in this crazy, sad world. He said, the best thing we do now is get bulletproof book bags. Leading by example, aren't the Real Housewives of Atlanta? Thank you, Mrs. O'Connell. She doesn't have a job. Why don't you hear? Here's how you protect your kids from this madness. Homeschool them, you dolt. All right, got to go. Mike Church Show, Crusade Channel, King Size Truth, Radio Size Speakers. In the beginning, God created man, and then woman, and then... Oh, my God. Then the fall. Along comes this Harvey Weinstein-looking snake and ruins everything. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. What are we going to do now? Yeah, Cosgrove. What are you going to do now? You're going to start acting all crusadery and listen to the Mike Church Show. Your remedy to the fall headquarters. Exclusively on the Crusade Channel. King Size Truth. From radio-sized speakers. I do feel, Reg, that any anti-imperialist group like ours must reflect such a divergence of interest within its power base. Agreed, Francis. Yeah, I think Judith's point of view is very valid, Reg, provided the movement never forgets that it is the unalienable right of every man... Or woman. Or woman. ...to rid himself... Or herself. Or herself. Agreed. Thank you, brother. Or sister. Or sister. Where was I? I think you finished. Oh, right. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. But why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister, sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality.
Collins was awesome. Land of confusion. Welcome back, Mike Churchill on the Crusade Channel featuring King Size Shoes from Radio Size Speakers. I am your host, El Heffy Dude. The Junkyard Dude, Stone Cold Dude Austin. The Duty Lama. Asking you to take eight weeks of daily doses of the Founding Fathers Red Pill. So you can unplug the matrix cable from the back of your head. Claim your philosophy upon any sinking skills. Become members of the self-governing people of these United States. Not a job, it's a way of life. It is a land of confusion. People are utterly confused out there. And if they're not confused, then they're labeled as being a bunch of... They're labeled as being wackos or a crank or a curmudgeon or a... Oh, well, he lost it. No, he didn't lose it. He found it. I want to go back to the story about bulletproof backpacks. You have truly reached the end of days. When Marrakens... Lose the capacity to protect, sincerely protect their offspring. We lost it. It's gone. Oh, we talk a good game. Our rhetoric's pretty good. We're going to do this for the kids. <laughs> Gotta do what for the kids? What, Mitter? We have to provide protection for the children. And how do you do that? Bulletproof backpacks now? I have an idea. By the by, did you see the story? Those of you that advocate everyone packing and more armed cops and bulletproof backpacks and every other manner of Hades forsaken solution to preserve. Preserve the precious, the precious public school system. There was a gun on campus, wasn't there, Mrs. O'Connell? And it was actually there on campus. It was hired to be there to shoot someone like Nicholas Cruz. He ran. He had a body cam. He had a body cam on. He ran and found a column and hid behind it, cowering. But don't worry, because a, you know, 26-year-old, fresh out of a college female teacher, armed with a 38, snub nose, she's going to go all, uh, what was, uh, uh, what was her name? Uh, Charlize Theron? Atomic Blonde. She'll go all Atomic Blonde on the nuts, next nut bag that goes walking down the hall, stare him down, shoot, getting a shooting match with him, put a couple in between the eyes, 
She'll do that. She'll grab the chandelier. I'm sorry. She'll grab the fluorescent light cage, uh, the, the cage that covers the, the fluorescent light bulbs, <clears throat> like Spider Woman. Again, atomic blonde. Go down the hall, you know, put a couple of thighs around the kid's throat, strangle him to death. That's what St. Dana Lesh says. Now that, uh, so we're finished canonizing Billy Graham. Now, now yesterday, right-wing wackos, quote, conservatives, moved to canonize and, and fully enshrine St. Dana Lash into the canon of saints. What did she do? Well, she went and piled it up with Wayne LaPierre and got yelled at by a teenager and feared for her life. That teenager yelled at me and threatened me. Well, that's never happened before. I wouldn't have made it out of there if I didn't have an armed escort. If it weren't for the NRA, I told this to someone, uh, someone who asked me this yesterday. Why do I do it? <clears throat> While we were producing the, uh, the, the, the True Money Show yesterday, I, uh, this, came, this came up in a conversation with our audio production team here, crack audio production team. And I said, so let me see if I understand this. So before... The Second Amendment was ratified in December of 1791. Home invasions were just happening to all of humankind. I mean, look, you go in any era in history and you will see that tens of millions of Moroccans and South Moroccans and Israelis and Egyptians and Europeans and Chinese and Japanese Hey, even on the ice road of Hoth, they were being mowed down in their sleep. Everybody was dying. It was the greatest threat to humanity. The armed home invasion. Were it not for the passage of the Second Amendment to the Constitution. And Americans taking, packing heat into their homes. Finally bringing an end to the evil scourge that was the home invasion. You listen to these NRA propaganda speak, and you would think that untold millions died for your right to defend your home. And before the untold millions died for your freedom and your liberty, man is being murdered in his sleep since... Abraham took the dagger and was going to plunge it into Isaac. Little did you know is unreported by Moses in that book. There was an attempt on Isaac's life. It had Abraham not been armed with his Deuteronomy and Wesson 38, he never would have made it to the sacrificial altar. You keep that in mind, kiddies, and you bulletproof backpack your kids up and send them off to Planet Kids for three-year-old daycare today. Hey, by the way, it's the shot to the head that, that does the most damage. When are we going to get the Kevlar helmets for the tykes? It's got to be next, right? <clears throat> I'm going to uh, send a note to the uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta and tell them to get right on that. 
Let's go to the Dude Maker Hotline now here on the Mike Church on the Crusade Channel featuring King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers. Asking you, if you haven't already done so, to please consider upgrading your Founders Pass membership. We have a campaign going on. I set the date as April the 2nd, drop dead date certain. It's a very serious matter here. Simply asking if you are a Founders Pass, a basic monthly or basic yearly. Thank you very much, by the way. Consider upgrading to Founding Brother. If 400 of you do that and believe that we can make it through the spring until our big promotion, which is the second annual Golden Truth Ticket, where we'll give away another Kia Soul automobile. You can also make a cash donation in any amount at crusadechannel.com while you're making your upgrade. Or you can shop in the Founders Trading Post at mikechurch.com forward slash shop. Or <laughs> the first option was, well, somebody could just mail us $30,000 and check. <laughs> Promotion done. We're fat. Well, we're not fat, but... We are, uh, we're taken care of until spring, late spring. Uh, let's go to, uh, to the uh, Dude Maker Hotline and say hello to Debbie Schlussel from DebbieDoesPolitics.com. By the way, all that's on the site, company site, CrusadeChannel.com, under the member tab to upgrade, donate shop to donate. Uh, Debbie, Debbie, we missed you last week. Glad I'm you're back. I'm so sorry, Mike. No, no, no. It's, for, it's perfect. I don't think there was anything new anyway. happened. <laughs> Well, I don't think there was anything new that was worth a darn anyways. Right. There was only one new movie, and I'm going to review it today, Which and I didn't like it. And my review of it's on my website, www.movies.com, but I'll give a better review on your show, of course, which is the movie Black Panther. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, this movie is saving the planet. Right. How can you not love this? Minnie Schlossel, please. Everyone loves even Even people that don't like the color black like the Black Panther. I know. I'm the only one, and I do like the color black. I wear black a lot. It's very slimming. <laughs> well, you're um, the only one on earth that didn't think that this was the best movie ever. I know. I was the only one that saw that the Black Panther wears no clothing. Um <laughs> I'm sorry, but this movie was not that great. It was okay. It, I actually, listen, I saw it twice. I went to a super secret critic screening last Tuesday afternoon. Um, and I, to be fair, I had been working very hard, so I was very tired and hadn't been getting a lot of sleep. I watched it, and I fell asleep repeatedly. I thought it was boring. I thought... It's a middling superhero movie. There's nothing outstanding about it. Um, and then I thought, well, everybody else thinks it's so great, even a lot of uh, movie critics that, well, not a lot. I mean, there's one movie critic I'm friends with that I thought, well, he's libertarian, and he saw it at the screening I saw, and he thought it was good. I'll give it one more shot. So. I went on the Thursday night that it opened, you know, that there were advanced screenings, and I paid my own way and went to see it, and I had just seen another movie that I was awake for the entire time, and I had gotten plenty <laughs> of sleep, so it wasn't a matter of, I'm too tired to watch this. Um, it was a matter of, this movie is a bore, because I fell asleep again repeatedly. Um, it's just not a great movie. It's too long. It's two out, nearly two hours and 20 minutes. It is boring. It needed editing. 
It's got a zillion things going on. It has way too many characters. Um, it's got a big collectivism kind of communist that takes a village kind of thing uh -huh. where there's not just really one superhero like Black Panther saving the day. It's a whole group of people. Black Panther has this group of weird-looking guards that are women with shaved heads and spears who look, they're dressed sort of like beef eaters. You know, the uh, the English uh, guard at, at Buckingham Palace. And um, they are part of his brigade. And then there's his sister and his ex-girlfriend. And they all work together. There's no one really superhero like Superman that saves everybody. I don't like that. I don't like this whole collectivism communist thing. All right. Then the other thing I didn't like about it was um, the storyline is just, uh, it's not that great. The story is that um, the guy who's Black Panther, his father is the king of this imaginary uh, country called Wakanda. And Wakanda is hard to see. The rest of the world doesn't know about it. Um, and, of course, because it's this black African nation, it's the most technologically advanced nation on Earth. Of course it is. While the white people are fighting in the rest of the world. They give you a narration at the beginning of the movie where they tell you this. Um, they don't say white people, but, you know, that's the implication. Yes, where the rest of the world is at war, only the Black Panther nation of Wakanda right. remains at peace and is prosperous. Right, and and he has this has developed this metal called vibranium that um, is the strongest substance in the world, and it's valuable and so on. And the thing is, you know, all these people seeing the movie are taking great pride in this Wakanda being the most technologically advanced, and that they developed this metal. Well, first of all, it's imaginary people. It's a movie based on a comic book. This is not. The real Black History of Black History Month. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you want to feel black supremacism, which is basically the theme of this movie, that blacks are supreme and we're just, you know, the actors helping them as accessories. Um, I know you want to feel that, but feel that about real things that may back that up. This doesn't. Um, I mean, it's imaginary. By the way, it was not invented by black people. It was invented by two Jewish white males named uh, Jack Kirby and Stanley. I'm just saying, because um, those are the guys that wrote Black Panther. And was, was, Kir later, was Kirby was Kirby Jewish? I, I, yeah, I knew Kirby that Lee and was. Stanley were both Jews. Okay, I I knew that uh, that Stan Lee was. I did not know that Jack Kirby. Um, oh, hundred percent, he was. Yeah, he had the most uh, recognizable style of uh, of of. Drawing the uh, of any of those early artists at Marvel Comics. As soon as you'd see the first panel in a comic book, because I used to be a collector when I was a little cheering. Soon, as soon as you'd open it up, you'd know it. You, you didn't even have to look at the credits. You knew you know? Jack what Kirby drew hallmarks? that. What's that? How would you know? What were the hallmarks? Um, his characters um were um. Uh, Gosh, I'd have to. I'm I'm trying to think of how you would describe. Okay, so Jack Kirby uh, used a brush. He was one of the rare artists that actually drew, sketched his own stuff out, and then used India ink and then inked it in. Because a lot of them today, lazy ones, just draw with a pencil and they hand it over to some dude who will then come behind them and add his flourish to it with uh, with the inks. 
So, you know, you have an artist, you'll have an inker. But in most uh, most cases, in the old books, uh, Jack, Carby, Jack Kirby did it all. He drew, he drew it and he inked it. Um, his hallmark was he used thick lines. He never got into it. You know, there, there was very little of the fine line detail with Jack Curry, uh, with Jack Kirby. Uh, very either square or rectangular body shapes is a hallmark of Jack Kirby. Um, uh, look. If you're looking for a comic book that did not try to make their heroes look real world, but they looked close enough without being, you know, mutants or something, that was Jack Kirby. Oh, he was phenomenal. I think he was drawing for Marvel before Stan Lee came and unleashed all that that wonderful creativity on that joint. So uh, Jack Kirby, no, he was... He was a savant, Debbie. Interesting. I didn't, you know, I don't know much about him other than I know he's Jewish. Well, listen to the history. Kirby drew the first Incredible Hulk comic book. Kirby drew the first uh, Fantastic Four comic book. Kirby drew the first X-Men comic book. I mean, are are you following the line here? Kirby drew the first Black Panther. So when Stan Lee came up with a new one, he'd go to, he'd say, hey, Jack. I want to, I, you know, I, I want to create this, I, and I want this team, I want this, I want that. And then he turned to Jack Kirby. So Jack Kirby was an amazing, amazing artist. And as I said, totally distinctive. You'd recognize a Kirby instantly when you saw it. Well, I, it wasn't Superman is Marvel also, right? Uh, no, Superman oh. is DC. Oh, all right. And that's Bob. Uh, that that's from back in the '30s. That guy, the story. But the but the, the the guy that illustrated Superman the best, and the that anyone would recognize today. And I actually went to one Comic Con and I met him. Was Neil Adams, and Neil Adams is still drawing Superman and Batman at comic book conventions. You know, I think for well, 50, you know, fifty uh, bucks Superman you can ask. At 50 bucks, you can go to Neil Adams at a convent at a Comic Con and go, uh, can, Will you draw me a Superman? Yeah, what pose do you want? Now, really? one in pose like, Yeah, yeah, draw it right in front of you. You wow. draw it right there Still? and hand it to you. Still? Yes. Well, five years wow. ago. I would do that. Um, well, because I know that the guy, who, the, the guy who invented Superman, whose name escapes me, he also is Jewish, and that's why. A lot of the names of the characters in Superman, like from that planet, and the name of the planet and all that, is taken from Hebrew, um, and actually from God's name, um, from the Hebrew for God. So anyway, I, just a lot of these early comic book guys were Jewish guys. But I, the the reason I bring that up is only because like this whole Black Panther, it was not a black thing. It was two Jewish guys that invented it. And this this nation of Wakanda's imaginary, the whole thing is just ridiculous. And the and the movie is a middling superhero movie. It's not the greatest superhero movie I've ever seen, not even close. It's not the worst. I've seen worse, but it's not up there. Um, the other thing about it is that the character that is the villain, um, so he wants he's played by Michael B. Jordan. And he wants to to get vibranium, this metal from Wakanda, to uh, start a race war um, on behalf of black people and to incite the white people of the world. All right now, and and the Black Panther and his crew want to stop that, and they want to stop this villain. Okay. The bottom line for me is, all, most of the people going to see this movie who are black 
do support race wars because they are big supporters of Black Lives Matter, which is an, uh, an attempted instigator of race wars since its creation. So, you know, it's like either you're cheering for a superhero who wanted, wants to stop race wars, or either you're against race wars, not just in the movies, but in real life, or you're for them. Make, you know, pick a, make a choice. I, I just feel it's kind of hypocritical. And then another thing is, so this villain, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan, whose name escapes me, but it's in my review, he also says that he was taught by America. He's a, he's a former Navy SEAL who served, he says, in Iraq and Afghanistan, which Stan Lee and Jack Kirby did not do that in that comic book. There, there was no Iraq and Afghanistan war then in the 60s, in 1966 when they invented Black Panther. But in this movie, this guy's a, a veteran and a former Navy SEAL, and he says that America taught him to kill people around the world and to kill the black brothers and sisters of Africa. And I'm sorry, but uh, there is no American war where we went into Africa to kill the black brothers and sisters. And I would say, don't fight me, Somalia. We probably should not have gone in there under George Herbert Walker Bush. That was a big mistake. But I don't think there's any war we did where we try to kill off the black brothers and sisters of Africa. That just didn't happen. I'm sorry, but I know they like to make anti-American movies. That's not what we did. Um, So I just didn't like it for all of those reasons and more. Um, There's one other thing I just remembered. Um, A lot of these black movies I've noticed have, especially in the last five to ten years, they always have this dopey white friend. So they'll have one white guy that's okay. <laughs> dopey um, white friend. <laughs> the token dopey white guy, right? Right. And <clears throat> so in this movie, they have that one dopey white idiot guy who um, is played by Martin Freeman, you know, the guy from all the Hobbit movies. Yes. All right, so he plays a CIA agent who's a moron, basically. He's a dumbass. And he's an idiot. And I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that word on the show. I apologize. But um, he's he's an idiot. And they um, they uh, take him on as a friend eventually. Because first he's working against them, but eventually he's their friend. But they tolerate him. He's, he's not smart, and they, you know, they don't need him. Like, they would win without him. He just helps them. And he helps pilot a plane at one point. Um, so that's the movie. And plus, if you don't like hearing African drums beating during an entire movie, this is not your movie. The drums, <laughs> the African drums are beating like for most of the movie. It's really very annoying. They're very loud. And there's also very loud music for most of the movie. And I find the movies that are covered in music, um, especially dopey songs and annoying raps and things like that, the entire movie, and it's very loud, it's a crutch because th- that means there's not much going on and you need to have that to overlap it. So it wasn't for me. The one good thing I would say about it is that there was tremendous attention to detail with the costumes, jewelry, things like that. I enjoyed looking at those things Um I did not enjoy a lot of the CGI that is very obvious. The CGI in this movie looks like it's from 10, 15 years ago. 
at best. Um, it just it wasn't that great. So all these people raving about it. When you ask them what was so great about it, there's not much they could really tell you. I've asked people, and they can't identify what was so great about it. And let's be obvious, what was so great about it for them is skin color if they're black, white guilt skin color, white guilt about skin color if they're white. That's uh, just the bottom line. If this were White Panther, this would not get command the uh, returns at the box office. It would also not command the gushing reviews by white. Uh, mainstream movie critics who are all liberals. And by the way, I want to add that National Review Online, which has become a, a, a junkyard of drunken frat boys um, and creeps, <laughs> also gushed over this movie. So apparently they like, they also believe in affirmative action. Well, you know, but, when uh, your editor-in-chief has no signal accomplishment in his entire adult life, other than being a nephew to to William F. Buckley, and thus that's how he got appointed Rich as the. Rich Lowry is William F. Buckley's nephew. I think he's. A, isn't Rich Lowry one of the? Um, okay, uh, uh, one one from the Bozell side of the family. I did not know that. Pretty sure he's a nephew or something to that effect. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I thought his only achievement was looking perpetually thirteen. Well, he does look perpetually thirteen. But uh, I'll leave that there as to what he may do with that look. But uh, he, does, he does look perpetually 13, but I'm almost certain that he has some familial relation to Because I know that the last real editor that they had at the National Review was John O'Sullivan. Yes. And, and they kicked John O'Sullivan out so this new, uh, this, this new panty-waist guard could come in with Ramesh Ponaru and all the rest of these warmongering, ill-educated, uh, uh, Ill uh, no-philosophy training, uh, big government elites. That's what they are. They're big government elites. Well, you know my story of I, got, I wrote one, one article ever for National Review Online. And they eventually took it down and gave me some story about technical difficulties, which was baloney. And then finally they told me that Rich Lowry took it down personally. And I had a phone conversation with Rich Lowry in which he yelled and screamed at me and told me that the article, which was about Grover Norquist and his ties to Al-Qaeda, which are all documented and all true, was a smear job. And I said, Rich, a smear job means it's false. Everything in that article was documented and true. Can you point to one thing in there that was false? And he said, no, but it's a smear job. And I said, Rich, how do you define a smear job? He said, I'm not going to answer that. I said, it's not a smear job, and you know it. There's nothing false in there. There is no reason to take that down. And he said, well, our, um, our, senior, our publisher, Jay Nordlinger, had a conversation with the Bush White House, and they asked him to take it down, and he told them. Oh, so they what, did it? Exactly. That was what made it a spear job, that the Bush White House asked him to take it down, and he said that he would. And then he said that he had a conversation with one of the subjects of the article, who was this Muslim guy in the White House who had raised money for al-Qaeda along with his father, who was an imam. Um, his name was Suhail Khan. And Suhail Khan and his father brought in Ayman al-Zawahiri, the number two and now the number one in al-Qaeda, oh, to their Lord. mosque in, in Southern California and raised money for al-Qaeda. 
And I wrote about that in my book and how this guy had now become a, a White House advisor to the president, a special assistant to the president. And then later, when the Washington Post wrote about it, he was or mentioned the guy, but didn't even mention him by name. He was ushered out of the White House and into a top job at the Department of Transportation, where he was in charge of seeing where all the secure transfers of nuclear weapons and other um, and poisonous and hazardous substances on our national highways was taking place. And that's exactly what you would want somebody from al-Qaeda to know and be in charge of. So I wrote about this. It was in National Review, and that and Grover Norquist got him all these jobs. I wrote, and by the way, Grover Norquist is now happily ensconced in the Trump administration. He's doing all kinds of stuff on the tax programs with Ivanka, and his brother is an assistant secretary of defense in charge of highly secure stuff. Um, anyhow, I wrote about all this in National Review, and Rich Lowry took it down because the White House asked, and because uh, <clears throat> Suhail Khan, one of the subjects of the article, the al-Qaeda supporter, asked. And I was the smearer. That article was a smear job. So whatever. Concerned, Rich Lowry can go to Hades. Um, he's a complete scumbag. And he doesn't. He does has no experience being a journalist at all. I remember also, by the way, when he cheered on the black, uh, the um, the uh, Nation of Islam, and they all sharpened and said that he was on their side against George Zimmerman, and that George Zimmerman should should be tried and rot in jail. So he's got a lot of interesting views. If you're a conservative, that don't really mesh with what I would think would be conservatism. Um, well, isn't Norquist, oh, wait, wait, wasn't Grover Norquist as uh, Citizens for Tax Freedom clown? Americans for Tax Reform, which a lot of people call Arabs for Tax Reform. Because- right, this is, the, uh, this is the group that was going around. You know, they, uh, they, they, they wormed their way into the Sirius XM Patriot Channel while I was there. And uh, we were sent a memo that you need, to, you need to interview the great Grover Norquist. Are you serious? Yeah, well, you know, he's available now. You know, he's he, he's a uh, he's he, he's he did some commentary and stuff for Citizens for Tax Freedom or whatever the heck that uh, that that entity Americans was called. Americans for Tax Reform, which, by the way, his business cards for that were in English on one side and in Arabic on the other. Okay, so I you not you I, can I, find a scan of it on online. Oh, I I I don't doubt it. Um, I think this was probably when uh, this is at the beginning of when the uh, at the beginning of when the Patriot Channel started. Uh, I did not take the bait. I did not. Now I don't remember why I didn't, but I know that I didn't. And they did a whole big hoopty do with the XM studio down in in Mordor with him and some other guy. And I know that uh, I know. I think Wilkow uh, uh, did it with him. I, I don't remember, but I do remember the whole tax reform. Thing and it, you know, it was written um, at the start of the Trump administration when I started talking about these taxes. One of the guys that writes at the uh, American Conservative magazine, it might have been Daniel Larison, was like, "Since when did uh, all manner of tax policy change have to be approved by Grover Norquist?" Not only that. Not only since when was he... But, Debbie, these people never are out of power. They don't ever freaking go anywhere. It's a revolving door. It doesn't matter who's in charge. They're half a million, 1.1 million, whatever they make, whatever they fleece, 
off of tax, uh, tax-free donations. Their salaries in the revolving door of our elite ruling masters does not change. Citizen, you will obey Grover Norquist, citizen. <laughs> well, by the way, I want you to know about Grover Norquist. So he would run these Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning meetings of all these different conservative groups every uh, week on Capitol Hill. Quote, conservative, close quote. Right, exactly. And his best friend in all of this, who he made who she is today, is Kellyanne Conway. So he is very tight with him. That's why the Norquists are back in with the Trump administration. This is not a swamp cleaning in that respect, because Norquist, you know, was best friends with Carol Rove. And that's why Carol Rove protected Norquist. He would have been indicted because he was laundering money for al-Qaeda through Americans for tax reform. He, took, he was also the laundering door, money for Jack Abramoff. The door um, never stops turning. Right. And one of the Ever. things about him is that um, he is married to this Muslim woman who he got a job Another with shock. administration. They did not have children because Grover doesn't go the way of natural consummation, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, good. So Lord. they adopted children. He converted to Islam. She wears a headscarf. They adopted children uh, because he is he goes the way of that. If you lived in Gaza or ISIS land, you'd be dropped off a building for playing for that team. I'm just saying. Um, anyhow. Um, so I am not, and, and, and Grover is very good, very tight with Rich Lowry also. So he's, that was another reason why my article was removed from NRO. So it's a cesspool. It's very incestuous. Like you said, they never go away, unfortunately. And if you're for tax reform and cutting taxes, why would you have supported the $4 zillion, um, Medicaid reform, so-called bill that Bush pushed through that was a giant zillion dollar tax, like I think it was like $40 billion tax on America or $400 billion, something like that. And Grover was big on that. That is was a tax. That was not tax reform. It was big government. Remember that, Bill? It's all, it's all big government. I, I don't even, I, because I'm, we're powerless to do anything about it, so knowing about it just makes, uh, just, just makes for worry that and stress that I don't need. I don't even pay attention anymore. All right, but information is power, and it's good to know who's out to get you, which is a lot of people. Um, Well, if they live inside the 100-mile square, it used to be 10-mile square, but that couldn't contain it. So if they live inside the 100-mile square, they're out to get me. That's true. That's a good point. Um, So then there are two other new movies this weekend. Okay. One of them is called uh, Annihilation. It's by the same people as the movie Ex Machina. Now, I did like the movie Ex Machina, which was about robots and artificial intelligence, and and I thought it was entertaining. This movie, not so much. All right? So the story is that I also hate the star of this movie, who is one of the most self-important um, uh, women's march pussyhead-wearing annoyances on the planet by the name of Natalie Portman who's really, by the way, is Natalie Hirschlag. I just don't like this woman. I don't think she's a great actress. So one of my friends was pointing out the other day when we were at the screening, really the best movie she made was her first and last movie as a little kid, which was um, 
the movie The Professional. Oh, she was the daughter of the uh, the French hitman? Right, Leon the Professional. Yeah, 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 I saw that. All right, after that, I don't think she's really made any good movies, and I think she's highly overrated. But anyway... Wait a minute, what about V for Vendetta? Minutes, Lothal, what about V for Vendetta? Yeah, I, I was not a big <laughs> fan of this movie. All right, so she... Um, Which, by I, the way, totally, totally, totally savaged Guy Fawkes and the real reason for the Remember, Remember the 5th of November. Yeah. So uh, you watch that and you go like, oh, well, you damn bastardly bastard Catholics, there you go again. That's not the story. Educate yourself about what really happened during the Gunpowder Rebellion, and you might learn a little something. Right. And, by the way, Natalie Portman, I believe most people in Hollywood, they are either the superior or the inferior of a pair. For example... There is Kira Knightley, who I think is the superior because she's much better looking, but she looks a lot like Natalie Portman. But I think she's a better actress than Natalie Portman. Um, and and Natalie Portman is like the inferior of that pair. She's like the lower, the lesser. So anyway, she's the star of this movie. She plays this woman whose wife, whose husband is um, has died in Iraq or Afghanistan or something like that. She served there also, and she is so she's a widow. And um, all of a sudden, one day, her husband comes back, but he's weird. It's different, and she knows something is up. Mm. And all of a sudden, the police come and arrest her. The government arrests her and takes her to this facility, and they tell her that. Her husband came out of this area called the Shimmer. The Shimmer. The Shimmer. This wall comes out, apparently from outer space, to this giant area, and this area is growing in size. Mm -hmm. It's surrounded by this wall that looks like Aurora Borealis style, you know, shimmering. And so they call it the Shimmer. And Natalie Portman and these four widows whose husbands also disappeared into the shimmer and died there are recruited to go into the shimmer. One of the women, by the way, she's not a widow. She's the scientist who is in charge of this whole thing for the government, and she has decided she wants to see what's inside the shimmer. Okay. They go into the shimmer to try and find out what's going on, to try and find the last group of... Hey, Debbie, if, we, uh, if, if you just let me buy a consonant, we can make it... The Schwimmer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy that a W, Pat. <laughs> that was very good. All right. well. <laughs> so they go into this area called the Shimmer. Their job is to find out what happened to the last group of military people they sent in there. Because they've been sending mostly me they've been sending only men in there. And, of course, men are not equipped to handle this. They die. But they're going to send in women. And women are going to figure it all out. Sure. Send the kids in next. Right. So they send in this group of women. One of them is Jennifer Jason Lee. One of them is that Michelle Rodriguez, who is from the Fast and Furious movies. One of them is this biracial actress whose name escapes me that is being pimped on us a lot. And then the other one is some Slavic chick. I didn't know who she was. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They didn't send the... Uh, Maggie O'Connor, what's the lesbian actress that pops up in all these films that we immediately turn her... Michelle turn... Rodriguez is lesbian. 
Well, no, it's not Michelle Rodriguez, the one. That, this is the one that um, that they all put her. No, she's a tranny. That they all, they're, they're putting her in her movies because it's oh, a dude. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know the name. Well, if you don't have a tranny going through the swimmer, then uh, come on. What kind of what kind yeah, of equality is this? The men failed. Yeah, but the swimmer would not know because when you transition, you've changed, Ms. Slussel. Well, when you go into the shimmer, you do change because they discover once they go into the shimmer that um, the cells and the different things of nature are bouncing back on each other on the shimmer. So humans start turning into plants. So the swimmer (laughs) starts sprouting (laughs) all over her body. Branches start coming out and leaves. It's kind of funny. And then... They're, they encounter all these bushes that are shaped like humans, but they're bushes. And it wasn't your Japanese gardener. Wait, was I allowed to say that, or is that too um, ethnically insensitive? We, uh, we 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 don't have any ethnic sensibilities here. This is I mean, the crusade chain. Am I not allowed to say that because Japanese gardeners are the ones that shape stuff into things? I mean, American gardeners mostly don't do that. That's let me Japanese. tell you. Let me tell you. There's not a kid that's. Uh, there's not a uh, guy that's in his mid forties to mid fifties that did not admire Mr. Miyagi's little bonsai tree. So. <laughs> You could go pound sand if you don't like Japanese gardeners. Yeah, that's right. Mr. Miyagi. I was going to say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they find these kinds of weird things on this planet. And basically, nothing really ever happens in this movie. It's a big nothing. It's a big buildup. There's lots of attention to, like, the beautiful cinematography and the different things where the... Where the um, the cells are morphing and, and bouncing back on each other and doing these things. But nothing ever really happens in this movie. I thought it was a total waste of time. Totally nothing is explained to you, really. And you don't understand what happened or why it happened or anything. I hate movies like that. They have to tell you something. And I just thought it like it was just too... I like some movies where some stuff is uncertain and they don't tell you everything and there's mystery and ambiguity, but this movie, they don't tell you anything. It's just a lot of nothing. So for me, it was a no. I would say at best I could give it half a Reagan because of the cool like cinematography and stuff like that, but it just was not a good movie. All right. So we don't ever so you don't we don't ever conquer the Japanese shrub uh, machine? No. Oh. And by the way, the um well, I think we do conquer it at the end, but it it just isn't really conquered. It's more like <laughs> made to go away. Okay, we make some we make peace with, with it. With one grenade. What but nothing is All it really took was one grenade? A phosphorus grenade, yeah. Ah, yeah, plants uh well you know, um if if you just went through there if you went through the swimmer with a bottle of Brondo, because you know Brondo's got what plants crave. Right. You That's might have been able to bring those bushes back to life. Well, yeah, if that woman that was sprouting, if she would have drank Brondo, <laughs> she'd have drank. Had... See, if she'd have drank, if she'd have, if she'd have been listening to this show, she'd have known that she should have been carrying Brondo with her. 
That's right, because that would have killed all the sprouts growing out of her. It's well, uh, Oh, it wouldn't have killed them. It would have, uh, well, I mean, we were able to think this through. Brondo's got what plants crave. I know, but didn't Brondo kill all those It sprouts? did kill all the plants. So. <laughs> Even though they told them it was what plants crave, right. didn't it, fail to, it didn't kill a lot of the crops. It failed to do what it was advertising it, to yes. li- it would deliver. Yes. So in this movie, they need Brondo for the, in the trailer because it didn't deliver what it advertised. Somebody ought to review this movie and go, the what's it called? The Annihilation. The Annihilation. Why didn't they bring the Brondo? But it's not the Annihilation. It's just oh, Annihilation. Annihilation. Why didn't they use yeah. Brondo? That's a good point. So, you know, at first it looked like it was going to be very interesting, and it just didn't deliver. Period. It was a waste of my time. I could have watched just the cool things in the movie for a minute, and then that was it, and I would have saved two hours of my time. It was a waste, all right? So, by the way, um, so I would only give it half a Reagan only because of the beautiful scenery, which was nice to look at. The last movie, The Black Panther, what I gave it was, I think I gave it um, a mark or two, mm. and then I gave it, like, two or three Obamas and two or three Michelle LeVon Robinson, Hussein Obama, Idi Dadas, and I also gave it an Al Sharpton and a Jesse Jackson. Wow. That was for Black Panther. All right, so now the last movie of the weekend actually was the relative best, the operant word being relative, because in a normal year, like 15 years ago, when the movies were much better, mm-hmm. um, I probably would have not liked this movie because... It has a lot of dopey, stupid things in it and a lot of grossness in it. But on the other hand, it was very funny, and I did laugh a lot. And it was semi-clever. It could have been done better, but it was okay. It's called Game Night, and it stars um, uh, Jason Bateman and um, as the husband. And uh, um, the wife is that Ben Affleck's ex-wife, Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Is she X already, or is she going to be X? Is she? I thought they got divorced already, but who knows with these people? Who knows if they were ever even legally married? They, You know what? They said that Jennifer Aniston and this Justin Theroux never legally got married, so that I... they wouldn't have to divorce. <laughs> I mean, that's Hollywood for you. Sure. Anyway, did you know that Jennifer Aniston has this couch in her house worth over $700,000? Yeah, they're in touch with real America, aren't they? Sure they are. <laughs> it's called the Polar Bear Couch. Google it. Um, all right, so Jennifer Garner and... Uh, oh, wait, it's not Jennifer Garner. Sorry. <laughs> I screwed up. Rachel McAdams. You know, they all, like, bl- blend into me. As Gee, I wonder if that's a coinkydink. They all start looking alike. Yeah, it's not Jennifer Garner. Sorry, everyone. If you're a Jennifer Garner fan, don't see this movie. It's not for you. Um, this is If you're a Rachel McAdams fan, that's this movie. All right, so Jason Bateman is married to Rachel McAdams. They're average middle-class people. They live next door to this divorced cop who is obsessed with his ex-wife and stalks her. And he also wants to go to, they have a weekly game night. And a guy that comes to the game night is Jason Bateman's brother, played by Kyle... Um, What's his name? The guy from Friday Night Lights, Kyle. Uh, I know you're talking about, but I can't. I don't. I don't know his name. Yeah. So they have this game night where they play various games like charades and all this. And 
So the cop wants to be in the games, but they don't want him because all he ever does is talk about his ex-wife, and he has turned into a total drip, and they don't like him, and they're scared of him, actually, because he has a cop with a gun who's kind of off-kilter. Um, so their their brother, the Kyle, the Kyle guy, he's very wealthy. And all of a sudden, they're about to start their game night when the Kyle character, the the, the rich brother who always dates all kinds of hot women and everything and drives this, this beautiful Corvette, he gets kidnapped. And they believe that it's a staged kidnapping and they're trying to find him. Um, and then the movie ensues into basically like action, road, road chases, and more game night. Um, and it's kind of funny. Like I said, there are jokes that are very funny. There's some jokes that are gross and kind of thud hit with a thud to me. Um, but it was it was mildly entertaining. I didn't hate it. I would give it even a Reagan. Now, back in the day, I probably would have given it a Marks, but nowadays it could even be a Reagan and a half, maybe. So the standards have gotten so low that we have to... Uh, so we're... Uh, what's the... Great inflation? We're, we're Reagan right. inflation now. <laughs> I, I feel compelled to say that because people like go see this and say, what? But compared to the movies I've seen lately, it's better. Um, it actually was mildly entertaining, and it goes by quickly. I was not bored for a second. I mean, I have to use those kinds of standards well, now. Do you know that your your favorite movie from last year, one of your favorites, uh, this ridiculous movie about the, the water man in the bathtub, oh, I hated is that. up for Oscars now? I know. All right. So did I review that on this show? You certainly did. Water? You said it stank. It was horrible. Well, that's yeah. why it's going to win. It's going to sweep him. Was the water, uh, was it transgender water? Was it lesbonic water? No, it was interspecies. Oh, interspecies. Oh, oh okay. So we have transspecies water now. That's why it's going to win. Sex with an alien who is being tortured and treated horribly by the U.S. government. Which, Mike, how many movies have you seen where the U.S. government has captured and tortured and imprisoned an alien. I've seen a zillion of them. And not only that, but the creature, it's not anything advanced. It looks like they took it straight out of the creature from the Black Lagoon. It looks exactly like that. And <clears throat> a big plot point is that they tell you that he hides his penis somewhere between that uniform, that alien thing because this woman has sex with him. And by the way, this is a movie that People are taking their kids to see because I think it's like PG-13 or something. And it's like, don't take your kids to see this. There's the the main woman in the movie. They show her masturbating every single day when she gets up. I don't want to see that in a movie. And I'm not even a child. But if I had children, they were not. Well, now I know why. Because she was a lesbian and she was uh, she was doing herself, every, diddling herself. And then she had trans-species uh, relations and there's Area 51 and all that. Of course it's going to win an Oscar. Well, the woman does look lesbianic, but it's not part of the plot that she's a lesbian. It's more that she was she was tortured as a kid so as a, or or raped or something. I don't remember. But she as a result cannot talk. Now, I I have the I have the most gross and despicable and illogical yet clickbaitable and idiocracy lusted headline of the day for you. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. There we go, folks. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. 
Neanderthals had a creative side. New cave art studies suggest. Dating shows cave art at several sites in Spain were created before modern humans arrived, scientists say. Now, humans paint. Apes don't. Humans make art. Donkeys don't. Humans, therefore, would paint on cave walls. Thank you very much for our class study. We can now go back to your regularly scheduled program. What do you mean before modern humans arrive? What, can you define what a modern human is? Here, what's an ancient human? Oh, uh, that's right. Oh, you mean the little bone that you found in Africa that you call Lucy? This is just so clickbaitable, uh, but I must say, juicy and uh, lustful. You know, I don't think their art is probably really that great, but when I, you read read me that, I was thinking of this could be a whole new parody movie where a group of left wing art lovers who voted for Hillary and are mad Trump is president find a Neanderthal man frozen somewhere in Norway, and they bring him back to life so that he could paint for them, and disaster ensues. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They already made that movie, didn't they? <laughs> well, there is a TV show that's sort of like that. It's called Fortitude. Well, uh, I must say that if you found cave paintings and they looked like they were painted by a man, then they were painted by a man. That's what logic and reason says. But, hey... You know, the scientists were there 30,000 years ago. They filmed the whole thing, you know. <laughs> I, I'm just... well, you know how you said that only humans could paint? I think, don't, didn't they train some chimp or something? You could train a chimp. Yeah. Okay, I can train a dog to knock on a door. That doesn't mean he has the nature that he knows that he ought to knock on a door. Right. So, anyway, anyways, this is why you have to have a little philosophic training here to refute this stuff. Right. Uh, it's just so ridiculous. All right. So those are the three movies, The Black Panther, Annihilation, and Game Night. I mean, if you like science fiction, you might like Annihilation. But I love science fiction, and I felt like, is that all there is? It, it just didn't deliver for me. Just saying. Well, there was one thing that I saw about Black Panther movie that uh, uh, I read, and I went, hmm, I wonder if they did that on a purpose. And that is in the Black Panther movie. There are no lesbians or sodomites, and the, all the 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 usual suspects were all up and armed. Why? Where were the gay people? I don't know. Maybe this country in Africa actually wanted to have a future, so you know they had only heterosexual people that could make you know like new Black Panther people. Well, I believe I agree with you, but I believe that in the next Black Panther movie they will make those women with the shaved heads who do look lesbianic, the ones with the spears, mm -hmm. I bet they will make two of them lovers. I'll bet you anything. They'll do something, or they'll make one of them. One of them is played by Danae Guerrero, you know, the one from... Well, you know, Tonight. Debbie, let's think about this for a minute. The reason that I really liked uh, Gal Gadot in the Wonder Woman movie... She was feminine. She was feminine, and uh, now there was an old-fashioned charm to him because she kind of fell for the Chris Pine character. 
looked like a woman, but yeah. Well, well <laughs> I, didn't did pick, like I didn't pick up on that he looked like a woman. But, they made him very soft yeah. in this movie, I'm just saying. Well, you'd have to make the dude kind of soft to have the woman stand out as not being soft. But at least they had a, uh, it, at least there was a, uh, uh, an homage, if you will, a hat tip, head fake, or whatever you want to call it. That's true. To the uh, to good old-fashioned romance. And you know, uh, that, there's something. From the lesbian planet. Right. They're going to ruin the next Wonder Woman movie if they turn her, if they if they cave into the demands. Why does Wonder Woman have to, why does she have to go, why can't she go after men and women? I make so 2% well, of you. Know, you yeah, 2% of you wackos want to ruin the next Wonder Woman movie. Why should they do this so they get positive? <clears throat> they might do it. You know, Gal Gadot is really big in the whole Me Too thing and the whole feminism stuff, so they yeah. might do it. You never know. I think also in this Black Panther movie, so one of those women with the spears that mm -hmm. looks like the beef eaters with the shaved heads, mm -hmm. She is played by Danae Guerrero, Danae Guerrero, the chick from The Walking Dead who plays Michonne. You know, they, I know you're a Walking Dead fan, Mike. Yeah, 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 I know who Michonne. plays I, I don't know who plays Michonne, she, but she's All in right, the movie. You know that character. Yeah, sure, totally. Of course, she's the one. You would want her and Daryl protecting you if you were <laughs> living in that age. No, I'd want Melissa... Um, um, McCarthy? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in the same planet with Melissa McCarthy. Uh, Melissa, uh, what's the actress's name? She plays Carol. Oh, Carol. I love Carol. I want Carol protecting me because she doesn't <laughs> ask any questions. She has no sympathy for anyone. If you're coming after me with a gun, you get killed. If oh, you're a walker, you get shot in the head. But Daryl and Danae Guerrero are pretty, uh, pretty fierce. Yeah, but none of them are as ruthless as Carol. All right, you're right. Melissa All McBride. Right. Her name's Melissa McBride. You just saw it. All right, but she is not as... Do you think she's as good at killing them as Michonne and Daryl? Well, Michonne has a sword that can instantly uh, decapitate. Uh, but... <laughs> which, by the way, Mythbusters proved you can't make a sword that decapitates in one shot. Oh, because of the bones are much. You tougher cannot go right? through a spine in one shot. Now, you, now they, I think they hooked it to a machine that could like swing it at uh, two hundred miles an hour, and with a giant blade, and it went through it. But they right, couldn't. But a human can't go like Yeah, that. they couldn't get any. Uh, they could not. The MythBuster dudes could not decapitate their uh, their mannequin. <laughs> that well, they, how about what also looks suspect to me is that the person could put the knife all the way through the person's head. Walker's head and take it out. So Those quickly. are some sharp knives, right? That don't ever bend when they go for the skull shot. Right. They never hit any bones inside the skull. To me, it's hard to believe. Well, uh, read Debbie's blog every day of the week at DebbieDoesPolitics.com. We shall uh, see you next week, I hope. God willing, we will be there. God willing, we, we will be right here, too. Thanks, Debbie. Have a great weekend, Mike. You too. Eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. There's a graphic in the chat room that most of you are not in right now at mikechurch.com. Click the Mike Church Show Live chat top of the page. Uh, a Wonder Woman graphic with an image of the Blessed Virgin holding the Christ Child. By the way, Minnes O'Connell, are we getting a fresh supply? No, oh, I have two announcements to make. Are we getting a fresh supply of Mary and Nazareth? I just got the yell. I add that to my uh, to, to my day, Mike. I'll get right on that. 
so we will have new Mary of Nazareth books. I only have one chapter remaining. I've read 192 pages in nine days. So my, I'm not giving my copy of Mary of Nazareth up. <clears throat> Maybe I'll give it up as an auction item for the Hogs for the Cause when we start that next week. But that's the other thing. We'll begin that next week. Uh, your prayers for the kids, uh, for the families who have children. Suffering pediatric brain cancers are uh, welcome again. Donation items, send them to me. You got an item you want to donate for auction? Send it to me, kingdude at mikechurch.com. That's one announcement. The other is we just got a note from Christopher Ferrara, who has been extraordinarily busy in the last three weeks and did not realize he and I had an email communication problem. Your copy of Liberty the God that Failed left... Ferrara's house this morning. So that means we'll have them here on Tuesday in hardback and paperback. Uh, you'll spend a year reading this book, and you will not be sorry that you did. You'll be far more educated on real American history than you ever were by listening to David Barton or uh, any of the other Americas uh, founded as a Christian nation talking head frauds. Uh, by reading Ferrara's book. And you'll also be shocked by some of the things that make up American history. But you'll come around to the realization of, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That happened? Yeah, that happened. So anyways, uh, those books are coming into the Trading Post on uh, Tuesday. And I just wanted to say that I've now got uh, a half a dozen emails or so from people that have received their Founders Trade and Post orders, which you can order at MikeChurch.com forward slash shop. And have received their hard copies of Regina Magazine. And, they, and people are writing back going like, Mike, you were right. I'm glad I bought the magazine. Get your copies of Regina Magazine. The fall 2017 issue is just a stunning, stunning work of art. And I believe there's another issue coming out uh, late spring in hard copy. But, you know, you can always subscribe to Regina Magazine at reginamag.com. You hear the ads here running. Folks, when you drop a line, when you send a note to the publishers of Regina Mag or you comment on their Facebook wall and say, hey, I heard your ad on the Crusade channel, you score points for us because they read that and they go, hey, wow, maybe we should keep our little relationship going. So please... If you have the opportunity to do that, we'll be right back after the 8.30 a.m. news headlines from Midas Celeste Youngblood here on the Crusade Channel, King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers.